Mickey and Minnie broke up, right? Why? She's fucking goofy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Is there a cat coming in the room? He's looking at us. Sylvester! Anyways, welcome back to Gay Space. Hi, it's Gay Space. What's your name? Uh, my name is Mike, sometimes. Oh, good. My name tonight is Cindy with an S. <laughs> Cindy. Not with a T-S, T-H, Thindy. Thindy. No, I'm not Mike Tython. Uh, <laughs> or I should kid. say, my name is actually Misty. Oh, yes. It's Misty Morning. Monday. Monday. Misty, Misty. Monday Morning. That's Misty it. Monday Morning. <laughs> uh, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you doing? I'm good. I had a full day of sleep yesterday. What was that like? I don't know. I was asleep. But I woke up very refreshed and not wanting refreshed. to choke anyone today. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, I felt refreshed. Uh, I thought it was weird towards the end of the day. I realized I hadn't spoken to you, but it was already like 1030. I was fully asleep. Yeah. I went to, I like, I got up for like two hours and <laughs> Kevin and I went to Publix and then I got home from the grocery store. I completely just fell asleep. So he was over and you were just sleeping the whole time? He had to go do some family stuff. <sighs> yeah. So when he left. You said, good night, world. I spread out on the couch. Full ham sandwich. Mm. Wow. Good for you. Mm -hmm. Good for you. Good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Last week's episode was so fun. I had a blast with that. I was like doing those little game things like that. I need to find some more games. I, uh, yeah. Well, I think we should just have pee on more often, I guess. I agree. I think when we start our YouTube channel videos, yeah, we should play games like that. Oh, I just want to videotape it. What if we just did like a Twitch stream? Just when we're recording the videos, we'll just yeah. live stream it. Yeah. But then we can't write notes and back and forth to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Always yeah. good things. Oh. We're just reminding each other to ask questions. Right. <laughs> Every once in a while, I like to sneak in a tiny little pussy joke. <laughs> Sometimes I make little fortune origami things. Yeah, what was that? I don't know. <laughs> Um, anyways, um, I don't know what I was going to say. Um, we have a new show that we love. (gasps) Oh, yes. So good, right? Accused on A&E. It's fantastic. Slash Hulu. Yeah, it's on Hulu. Uh, seven episodes. Set it up. So good. Someone commits a murder and then the camera crew follows them. In real time. In real time through the trial and sometimes shows pretty graphic video and crime scene photos yeah and the the whole thing is like are they gonna be convicted or not exactly some of them are exactly some of them are not so apparently so apparently mr clean <laughs> sleeping with mrs bubbles scrubbing the pine salt lady oh that's what it was <laughs> um but it's really good i watched three episodes today i loved it i love it uh you told me about it and i was actually building a lego um and i had had to kept Pausing. Is it Legos or Lego? It's Legos. Lego. I was just saying. I just say that. Well, on Lego Masters, they say Lego. My ego. Very different. <laughs> I'm prego. <laughs> uh, I think it's, a, well, it's a Lego set. Hmm. And you can step on Legos. Mm. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Do you watch Lego Masters? 
Uh, we didn't finish the first season. Oh, you gotta watch the new season. It's great. Uh, I envy them because I'm not creative enough to actually make no. my own things. If you and I went on there and they were like, you gotta build something that moves, we would both be like, can where we, are the directions? Is it a key that opens the door <laughs> so we can go home? Because <laughs> I can, I fully follow the directions. And I don't, um, the Princess and I were talking about this um, before you came last time. Um, I don't mix any of the minifigures. They go exactly how they're supposed to be in the pictures on the... Oh. <laughs> like, he he grabbed one from somewhere, and I said, oh, well, I don't actually mix them, so I don't... Um... Oh. Well, I guess the Traceotomy Lego figure is going to have to fit in there somewhere. We'll find a room for her. I love I'm the, thinking the of Fantastic I... Beasts. <laughs> <laughs> I love the last time I said that, you were like, we can find her a room in the back. <laughs> like, what? Uh, no, I'll put her in like Harry Potter's room over there or something. Okay. Or maybe on the bus. She does. She does love a bus. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give her top billing on the on Perfect. the bus. Oh wow. She can be like um, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, just <gasps> riding the bus. I'll bring some fabric. Yeah. <laughs> and a tiny little fan that blows the fabric. <laughs> uh, Beverly Hills. Oh. Oh, it's so good. It's so um, good. If they keep cock teasing us for another fucking week, oh, before they're, we, they're going to before we find out exactly what's happening with Erica. Remember the Denise Richards thing? It lasted twenty seven. Okay, episodes. but they're all sitting in the living room now. Like, what's going to oh, happen? Oh yeah, no, she walks in. Yeah, I think she's fully going to say that she's getting divorced. They're going to ask her questions, and she's going to go, "I'm okay, I'm good," and then that's it. And then we have four more episodes of her being like, I don't understand why people are mad about me. Like, yeah. Do you think she did it? Do you think she knew? No. I think she maybe had an inkling, but that man had so much money and power that she was like, whatever, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they've always made it seem like she's so far removed. I mean, you would have to be if you were running a scandal like that. Yeah. And she's, I mean, she's like performing. She's never really home. Yeah. She's definitely not. She's filming. I don't know. Hmm. But she looks amazing. She's still my favorite housewife from Beverly Hills. Her and Lisa Renna. Lisa Renna is my favorite. And I really like the new girl, Crystal. <gasps> I really like her. She does. I never have seen someone who did not give a fuck about she what anybody else. Give no one's feelings. Fuck. Nothing. No. And you know what? The whole Sutton crying thing is exactly what she was saying. Like, you don't have to worry about it because you've never experienced it. Mm-hmm. And just because. You think in your mind that I'm calling you a racist. Maybe you should look at that. Yeah. Or when she fully called Sutton crazy. Oh, because Sutton is crazy. <laughs> I've said it since the first episode of last and she, season. I'm not, you can't say that. Well, you well, think you're did. acting crazy. Right, you're acting crazy. You've shown me nothing but crazy. Or when they'll do, uh, I hope everyone, we're talking about Beverly Housewives, Beverly Hills Housewives. <laughs> um, when they'll do like asides and they'll be like, well, did you know who she was? And Chris will be like, no. No, <laughs> no. no. She's great. I didn't know who Sutton was either. I mean, Sutton's clothing is terrible. It's it's supposed to be high fashion. I mean, controversial yet brave. Yeah, well, I don't care. I, I mean, I think some of it is like it's one of those things. It's like it's so, all so expensive that that makes it supposedly makes it better. But just because it's expensive, it's better, right? But money doesn't. <laughs> Luann says money doesn't buy you class. And like just because it, it's it, it, it's two things that are Dolce and Gabbana, like those two things are definitely don't go together. Like what she wore in the last episode for the election 
What it had like a mouse, a rocket, some it words. Said, uh, it said something like "baby girl" on it. Like what the fuck? I like that they spent a lot of time talking about how Dorit wasn't. Um, Dorit was wearing green, but Sutton is. Sutton was wearing a comic book, <laughs> but it's Dolce. I like that every year she gets a crown made by Dolce and Gabbana. Yeah. Do you think she really does, or do you think they just wanted like we need something? Something Ridiculous. interesting about you? Yeah. I don't know. I want to know where she gets her money. Because she her just bought husband. that. Oh, she did, She just bought that Bentley. She didn't buy it. There's you no don't think so? That. No, those people rent cars all the time. You work at MTV. You yeah. know when they do those MTV cribs. Those aren't their cars. Yeah, you're right. Shh, don't talk about it. Right? Like, the only people that drive those cars are, like, probably not famous and super, super wealthy. Whereas like, I see him every once in a while in Brentwood, and I'm like, what's going on here? Right. I mean, probably like a doctor or a plastic surgeon or something. Mm-hmm. Not like a reality housewife that's getting $35,000 a season. Yeah. And renting a house from another housewife. <laughs> Look at I love that we're like, yeah, fuck Sutton, and I'm going to go home to my $1,000 a month apartment. <laughs> get in my shitty car. <laughs> my windshield is cracked on my car. And they did it. I know they did. I feel like, I don't know if you pressed them hard enough on this topic. I think Kevin was with me and he was like, your uh, sales rep looked like he, you were, he was preparing for you to yell at him. And I was like, do I give off that vibe? Because if I do, then I didn't know it. But you just took it. <laughs> right, but I'm totally taking it. Yeah. But I was like, well, I just want to get it fixed. And he yeah. was like, well, uh, well. Uh. I mean, if there's, if they can't provide proof that it, that there was a rock chip, then they should be fixing it. I think you need to go back. Exactly. Well, they showed me a photo. They like took a photo oh. and like blew it up. And there, like, there's a little mark, but there wasn't a rock chip when I brought the car to the dealership. Mm. So but now when it's I got kind back of your in it, word against your. Theirs. But like when I got back in it, there's a giant crack across the windshield, and I was like, um, that wasn't like that. So they're they're saying there was a rock chip. They washed it. The glass cooled off. And then where it sat while I was waiting on it to get its whatever it was having done, the heat cracked it. Hmm. A heat crack. A heat crack. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just want it fixed. Interesting. Because I'm trying not to get upset about little things anymore. Well, hopefully it doesn't cost an arm and a leg. I have to have a whole new windshield. I mean, last time, when I almost had one for my Mustang before I totaled it, um... (laughs) I think it was like four hundred dollars. Yeah, it's not going to be cheap. Yeah, and it does not usually covered by insurance. Nope, because it's collision. Yeah, so you can pay your five hundred dollar deductible, or whatever your deductible is. I don't know on that. I think it's five hundred dollars, but on that car, yeah. who knows how much it's going to cost? Oh yeah, gross. So and I called the guy today, and I know I'm waiting on him to call me right back. <laughs> today. Yeah, I called him at one a.m. No, one p.m. One a.m. What day is it? Time set. <laughs> one p.m. Oh, still waiting. Okay, well, maybe we don't want you to miss that call. So let's get ready for our guest. I'm ready for (laughs) (laughs) the guest. Um, I'm very excited about this. Me too. Um, It's going to be a fun conversation. I can. He's pretty cool. Yeah, I think so. We might have already talked to him. Maybe, but I really enjoy him actually. So yeah, it was it was super fun. Anyways, we're going to take a break and then we'll be right back with our guest. Freak Daddy. Baby, baby. <laughs> no, baby, baby. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. 
we're back. Welcome back. Did you have a good break? I did. I did. I'm sipping on my tea and bourbon. It's delicious. <laughs> Ooh, uh, that sounds. I feel like an old great. southern woman. <laughs> <laughs> As you should. Yeah. As you should. I'm well, having it's hot a... enough out here. It is. Why is it so hot? I don't, I don't know. know. We'll get to that yeah. later. We'll talk about it. Later. Uh, I'm having vodka because why not? Because you're classier than me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Anyways, let's welcome our guest. Yes, I'm so uh, excited. This week's a wonderful guest is Freak Daddy. Freak Daddy! Welcome, or yes. we'll call him Uriel. Either one. Hi, Hi everybody. How are you? Y'all have your Yay. fancy beverages. I have my polar seltzer water. It's uh, 100% natural uh, with no flavors. <laughs> wow. Okay, you're the, the shit my mom had in her, for, for her refrigerator <laughs> when I was younger. And I was like, ew, why would you drink that? And now I'm now I'm in my 30s. And I'm like, you know what? I understand. I get it. Oh, isn't it crazy that the older you get, the more you realize the method to your parents' madness was really oh, yeah. something you're going to be into anyway. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> Very humbling. Absolutely. <laughs> How are you? How are things going? Oh, I am doing great. Um, I've had a pretty wild day. Um, I'm not going to lie. I spent four hours in urgent care. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Jeez. But here we are. Um, yeah, I had, <laughs> you know what, just I am committed uh, to showing up uh, to these interviews. I had, uh, no, I've been having stomach issues. And so I oh, went, no. out today, but I'm doing okay. Everything's good. They gave me, they were like, everything's fine. I was like, are you sure? And they were like, well, <laughs> not everything. But oh, mostly, no. and I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> here, we can't really diagnose what is so weird about you, but uh, we definitely know that there's nothing wrong with you physically. I was like, okay, cool. um, no, it was good. Uh, but yeah, it's been a wild day. So I'm like sitting here, I was talking to a friend of mine. I'm like, here we go. Just going to roll into this interview, medical bracelet on polar water, like cracked open. <laughs> like, let's do this. Like, let's do this, bitch. I'm excited about it. Okay. Oh, well, welcome. welcome. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> what an introduction. I love that. I love it. I will yeah, say real. That's that's perfect. I will say stomach issues can be so tricky. Um, my boyfriend has been going through a lot of stomach issues as well and keeps going back to the doctor and like, well, let's try this out. And it's yeah. just a lot of like, well, well, maybe this, maybe not. So I found out something interesting recently because I'm a big proponent of self-love and just like trauma work and all that. I'm someone who has CPTSD. And so it's something that I try to just investigate in myself and I'm trying to find ways to learn more about it. And one of the things that I've learned recently is that uh, a lot of times we think of our brains being where our brains are located in our heads, but we also <laughs> technically uh, have a brain of sorts within our guts as well. So a lot of our serotonin production is actually happening in our gut. Uh, oh. rather than just our brain. So when you're having, you know, anxious reactions or things like that, or you're experiencing a lot of, of anxiety or, you know, any other sort of negative emotion that's going to cause you stress, you will experience it in your stomach, which is, you know, what I think is probably happening because I don't know if y'all uh, remember, but we were in a pandemic for the last year. <laughs> Wait, what? Are. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Brand new news. No one knows about it. It's been very traumatic for everyone. And I just think like, as we're going back, like, you know, I try to look at myself very holistically and lovingly and like, okay, dude, like maybe yes, you were allergic to that ramen that you ate the other day, which is why your stomach <laughs> is like fucking trash. <laughs> But also maybe there's like just a little bit of anxiety around the fact that like 
everybody's taking their masks off. Like shit's going back to normal. Like when I went down to Nashville for Out Loud Music Festival a couple of weeks ago, uh, it was such a culture shock to go from Portland, Oregon, where everybody is like masks on all the time outside. doesn't matter. Like, and then going into Nashville was like, hey, everybody, come on down. COVID doesn't exist here. Like, wait, COVID, never heard of her. It's like, all right, well, fuck. All right. Have you, did you cool. talk to my dad? Is that <laughs> for real? I, yeah, I just like, when I came back to now, it was so overwhelming. Like I ended up after, uh, after Out Loud, um, I was told by some of the folks there, they're like, hey, there's going to be an after party at play. Like you should go down there and go see everybody and, you know, whatever. And I was like, all right, cool, let's do it. Um, not really thinking, like kind of thinking with my FOMO, you know what I mean? Like, oh man, like mm -hmm. a club, like I haven't been dancing at a club in so long. That sounds great. And then you're in the club. Oh, oh right. yeah. Yeah. Oh, and absolutely. Then, right. And then there's sweaty people and they're pushing up against you and no one has masks. And it was mm -hmm. packed. I mean, it was packed. And literally I'm just like standing there, like trying to dance to the beat, like don't have a panic attack. <laughs> okay. Don't fucking. And people are coming up to me, like, and talking to me and everything that we're at the show. And we're like, can we take a photo with you? And I'm just like, wish that I could see those photos. Cause I'm sure that it's like this craze. Like I'm fine right now. Everything <laughs> is. This is fine. great. This is so I good. Feel good. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was overwhelming to say the least, but uh, I, yeah. I ended up working that night. I was performing and um, just the sea of faces net like that. You couldn't see the floor. You couldn't see the bar, anything. It's just a sea oh, of faces. Were yeah, you were performing. I was That's just awesome. like, oh my God, this is wild. It's yeah. always wild every time I experience it. Yeah, it's, it's a lot, but it was, uh, but yeah, all that to be said, there's a lot of things going on right now. So it's not surprising uh, that people are having tummy issues, which, you know, <laughs> It's just one of the many things we get to enjoy as we come out of this pandemic time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love each other. Um, so you are a recording artist. Yes. Um, I, I do. I am curious, since we were talking about the pandemic, did you have time to kind of focus on your music during that? Or was it more like, let's try to survive and then we'll think about music next? I think it was more, I was more focused on my trans identity. I was more focused on... Okay uh trying to figure out what I wanted to do so at the beginning of 2020 I moved to Portland Oregon right in January 2020 I lived in Nashville Tennessee and I lived in Birmingham Alabama before that I'm a whoa, whoa. Oh, wow okay wow okay <laughs> came on down from Nashville Tennessee all the way up here to Portland Oregon it's like really funny because I dress and people are like cool style I'm like I literally just look like the boys that I went to high school with. Like this right. is not <laughs> elevated. Like this is this is just straight fucking from the backwoods of Alabama, dude. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. What was I talking about? Not boys from Alabama. Uh, when you moved to Portland. <laughs> when I moved to Portland. All right, here we are. All right, so I am a boy from Alabama. But anyway, so when I moved to Portland, um, yeah, I started, uh, I started thinking about, well, when I moved here initially, obviously I didn't know the pandemic was gonna happen. I had plans to move here and really start playing live shows and try to start fostering more of a local uh, following because back mm. in Nashville, it was really difficult for me to form a substantial local following a, because I just don't think that Nashville is very, um, I I'm looking for a better word, but maybe kind to local musicians or there's like Absolutely. a very specific mm -hmm. 
genres you have to play. Like you have to be going to Belmont and being an indie band and know a friend who has a good basement to yes. be able to right. be a part of that yes. kind of culture. And then like, of course there are different like music genres that are happening. There's rap and hip hop that are happening. That's kind of its own thing. And then, you know, you have these subgenres of things happening, uh, but everybody plays outside of Nashville. It's difficult to build, you know, any sort of following. So I was hoping to come to Portland to do that. And then the pandemic happened. So my plan, I guess, was to uh, release my record originally before the pandemic was to release my record at the end of last year, at the end of 2020. Mm-hmm. That was the plan. Oh, wow. And the the plan that I had was that, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to work on this record. I'm going to finish it with my voice as it is. And then after I release the record in the fall of 2020, I'm going to get on testosterone and then it'll be whatever the fuck it is, you know, because my fear about getting on testosterone was my voice is going to drop. My voice is going to change. And I don't know how that's going to affect my ability to sing. I don't know what that's going to look like. There's very little information out there for trans men uh, who are vocalists to know exactly what to expect, exactly how to like take care of your voice through that whole process. Um, And so it was very terrifying for me. And I had to go through a grieving process of really just like letting go of my need to be a good singer. And Mm -hmm. I had to like in exchange for being myself. And that was to like trade my identity for my identity was a very heavy and difficult thing to process and go through. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad in a lot of ways that I had the uh, pandemic because it gave me all the introspection time that I could possibly have (laughs) to Mm -hmm. sit and process through everything, Um, which is why at the end of uh, 2020, I had gotten myself into, I kind of had some like tumultuous living situations when I first moved to Portland. Um, Cause it's difficult, you know, when you move across the whole country and right. you know, did you know people there? I, I knew some people here, but I didn't know anybody who like had a room. I, so I was just like renting from, from Got different it. people. And, and there was some like, you know, hiccups and ups and downs with that. But I eventually got into my own place, which is where I am now. Um, and in that process of kind of finally getting myself to a point where I was, you know, I was able to sustain myself uh, doing sex work because I'm a sex worker and a cam model. Um, and Love so I was it. able to, yeah, so I was able to sustain myself that way, able to get myself into my own apartment, able to save money, able to help my friends, you know, through the pandemic with that. And then when I got into this situation, I was like, okay, I'm finally feeling stable. I'm feeling good. What do I want to like, what do I want to do? This is the time of year, right? This was happening right at the end of uh, 2020. I was like, this was the time of year. I said I was going to get on testosterone. Mm-hmm. So am I going to do it or am I going to like push off me getting testosterone so I can stick with that original plan? You know what I mean? Of releasing right. within a year and, and those kind of things. And I made the decision to go ahead and get on it because I realized that it was like, it doesn't, um, me continuing to put off my testosterone therapy was acquiescing to my tendency to please other people with my presentation, with my personhood. And I was like, mm. you know what? I don't give a fuck if my voice sounds like shit. I'll start a fucking power violence punk band and call it a fucking day, dude. Like, I don't <laughs> care. Oh. Like, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, I'll yeah. just fucking adapt to whatever it is. There's no loss. There's literally only gain. Right. And, um, and that's the thing that I had to start realizing. But it has been very, um, it has been very difficult to go through. But 
after I got on testosterone at the end of December or the beginning of, well, no, it was the end of December. Um, I simultaneously just was starting to feel really empowered, believe it or not, <laughs> taking <laughs> medicine that made me feel better and made me feel better. Um, that's shocking. Wait, shocking. what happened? Wait, I, hold on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I started to feel a lot more empowered and in my, just in my skin for the first time, um, and not disassociated. And I was just like, all right, cool. Like, let's try to do some art again. And I had some friends of mine, uh, a really talented, uh, photographer named Dan, um, and his buddy Kyle, uh, who we like had a conversation and sat down and, and I was like, y'all, I really want to do a music video. And they were like, all right, like we've literally been sitting on our asses for the last year. Like, let's, let's do a music video. And I was like, okay, cool. I was like, I want to burn a car. And they were, oh. like, they were like, what? And I was like, I want to burn a car. And they're like, down. So I love <laughs> those friends. I love right? those friends. Right. That's how you know the, the real ones that are like, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> you right, want to commit a looking. crime? Let's do it, bitch. Yeah. No, <laughs> I love that shit. <laughs> no questions of like safety concerns. No, no, none of that happened. It was just a, like, yeah, how do we do it? Um, so that was actually what catalyzed it. And then it was like this uh, process of us figuring out we went the process of me kind of like trying to burn this car that eventually became the music video that I'm going to put out on Friday uh, for my new single bitch. Um, We're very excited about yeah. this by the way. I just have to tell you I've been listening to confetti since I work woke up this morning uh, and I cleaned my house to it. Uh, it probably got played about 50 times. So oh <laughs> I'm a big fan of it. <laughs> so much. That means the world to me. Thank you so much. It's meant a lot to me that people uh, care about the music that I'm making. It's amazing. And I'm so excited to put this single out and so excited to show this music video. Spoiler alert. Okay. There is no uh -oh. burning car. Okay. Oh, oh, come on. I know. I know. But I just want to set it up like that and have you just expecting there to be. There are other things that are pretty fantastic about it, but we we tried. I like ended up having to look online. We literally were at the junkyard. I'm like picking out a car. And then I was doing more research, right? Because we like found this farm out in Portland. We're going to take the car out there and set it on fire. And so I was like researching online as much as I could, which is definitely not a sus thing to find. Right? You're on a list out. somewhere. Oh yeah, done. Oh, I was on a list a long time ago, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like I've seen a couple Dateline episodes that have had a burning car in it. So I, I see what look, you're saying. Look, you know, um, so I had to look it up. And then when I started researching it, it was like, yeah, did you know that like when a car, depending on its make and model, like when it gets hot up to a certain mm -hmm. level, like the, the latches on the hood and the latches on the um, trunk will actually like pop and explode and will shoot that that trunk oh. or that hood like oh. off the car. Yeah. The tires will like blow out or like other things will just literally explode like the bumper there's like a material, a padding that keeps the bumper right so that when you bump something, it doesn't impact mm -hmm. your car, it shock absorbs. That mm -hmm. sort of foam stuff can also catch on fire and blow the bumper off the front, which yeah. like, if you're a trained stunt person and you're in Hollywood, sounds fucking sick as hell. Yeah, no, I, yeah, you would have to love the risk. But you would, like, it was such a risk that I was like, you know, I just... <laughs> I just don't have the insurance really to cover any of these extra right. getting smacked in the face with a car hood 
out here in the woods and <laughs> you know i uh, i have a few people that i would love to line up behind that car and we can burn that shit all day boo <laughs> They, you don't mind if they get hit with the flying debris. There's a couple of them. No, I definitely don't. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh my gosh. That's actually something funny. Okay. I know that I, I started off this thing where it's like, I was in the ER today, which is true, but there was a funny <laughs> conversation that I had in, in the urgent care today. And the woman that was uh, my tech, I was like, I made a joke, right? Cause I'm like nervous, right? I'm in the fucking doctors and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? And I was like, I was like, yeah, just like, hope I don't die. And she was like, like, you're not going to die. And I was like, yeah, I said, I'm too cool to die. (laughs) You know, whatever. I was like, too cool to die, whatever. And she was like, she was like, you know what? I think you're right. And I was like, thank you. And she was like, no, no, no. She was like, I worked as an EMT for a long period of time. And, you know, sometimes there are people, it's just their time to go. And I was like, okay. And then she goes, she goes, this one time I was doing CPR on a guy for about 35 minutes was a really long code and i was trying to like mm-hmm. you know jeez revive him that's a very uh, long time <laughs> she was, yeah she was like and i sit back uh you know to give myself a break she's like and i look up and there's just a wall of confederate flags oh she, mm. right and she was like hmm my arms are tired <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no well. literally was like wait <laughs> what <laughs> um she was like i don't want to <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I don't know that I want to condone you not doing your job, but at the same time, like, like it was like a weird high, where she was like, high five, right? And I was like, I guess. That's a moment in that's your a life little where you're like, I don't know if I, I do I do it or I feel weird doing it or, and I don't, I feel weird not agreeing with it. Like, I just right, like, right. Uh. I was like, you know, we all disagree about some really, really serious things. And don't get me wrong. I think that that shit is like fucking. Oh, it's so stupid. It, fucking awful uh and you know whatever but yeah i was pretty i was like all right i was like cool uh it's between me and you right you know what i mean i was like good thing i'm not a fucking narc just out here fucking absolutely right (laughs) i'm so glad i'm not the only one that when they're uncomfortable like in a doctor's office or like and when i take my dog to the vet i'm I'm so uncomfortable that i make horrible jokes Mm. like i took my dog to the vet one time and uh the vet was like oh he's so lovable and i was like yep i guess because i kick him so much and like everyone in the room just looked at me and i was like i'm so uncomfortable i don't know why i said that (laughs) you're like (laughs) yeah right i definitely don't don't check him he's fine he's fine my lord have mercy god i feel like also that my social anxiety after the pandemic and being isolated for so long like i'm going out into society i'm like how do i uh human being right exactly <laughs> exactly i feel the same way i'm so you're yeah. not alone in that yeah I do. um i'm curious so you yeah. said um your sex worker was that pre-pandemic and i'll let you yeah. answer that yeah yeah it was um okay. i was doing sex work prior and then when I moved to Portland I uh actually started stripping at a strip club here and Ooh. was really excited about <laughs> I know um <laughs> it's like funny to respond it's like oh um I, so I was dancing at a strip club and uh and then COVID happened I love I love I love a strip club I love it I just think it's so I think it's so freeing and so beautiful I just love it Yeah, it's it's, yeah, it's amazing, and it was really, it was really cool. I had a funny, I did have a funny experience when I was there, and uh, so when I worked um, at the club, I was dressing very femme, high femme, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was just kind of going into that. 
because that's just, it's just, you know, it's part of the sex work industry. It was easier for me to do that than to try to do anything else. Uh, and it was funny because I was in the back having a conversation with one of the dancers at one point and I'm, I'm getting done. I'm taking my wig off and, you know, I've got my short hair, putting on my t-shirt and, you know, sweatpants. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, you know, actually I'm trans, you know, whatever. And she was like, oh, she's like, that's awesome. You know, whatever. And then a few minutes later, she came <laughs> back and she goes, she goes, Hey, um, I just really, I wanted to let you know that like, when I say like dude or man, like I'm saying that, like, like just kind of like to everybody, like, I'm sorry if that made you feel uncomfortable and like, whatever. And I was like, Oh no, I'm going, no, it's, I'm, uh, I'm a trans guy. So that's actually, that's cool. That's um, perfect. Let's just keep that up. <laughs> I thought it was the best compliment ever. I was like, listen, yeah. trans women are fucking beautiful. I'm mm -hmm. like so much for, uh, mistaking me, but no, um, I am, I am going, I don't know that there's a direction in gender, but if there is, I'm going the opposite way. <laughs> I love that. So. I love that. I love that, uh, the dancer was like, you know, I just have to apologize for my, like uh, internal, what I've had to forget about and try to forget and like, oh yeah, try to correct yeah. themselves. I love that. The culture here in Portland is really good around pronoun uh, pronoun usage and queer identity and holding space for queerness. I will say there's other things about Portland that are not good, but <laughs> one thing that is good is uh, the queer community, at least that I have experienced here. It has been a really positive thing for me. Everybody has uh, really come around. I've had a really cool community come around me, specifically the community that came around to help this music video, this bitch music video come mm. to pass was really just an incredible team of trans artists and performers and photographers and dancers and rollerbladers. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful group of people who are all collectively working on art for art's sake and, and to help support my vision. And it was truly amazing. And so it's been really, really wonderful. And everybody that's on screen, by the way, uh, in the bitch music video is queer and trans too. Oh, I, love that. Uh, I love that. So yeah, so it was just, it was, it was awesome to be working and to, to have so much community of people who I don't have to explain gender identity to. I don't have to explain, you know, uh, pronouns to and all these kinds of things. Um, right. Isn't it? Isn't it wild? To, it's wild that we have to, uh, especially here in the South, explain uh, gender identity to someone. Whereas, it. like, if I say, "Please call me Tracy," and someone calls me something else, you're just disrespecting me. Like, exactly. if I say "Hi, he, him," I that's how hard is that to comprehend? I don't understand. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. Like, I just. I well, just I don't get why people are so dense about some things. Yeah. And it's like interesting. I was actually having a conversation with my friend about this the other day, growing up in the South for such a long time and experiencing like just kind of schools of thought or like just patterns and like specifically, mm -hmm. like obviously uh, my experience has been primarily with, you know, uh, you know, specific Southern Christian families um, in, but it was just like a very, I don't know like simplicity, like if it was too complicated, it was just mm -hmm. like, ah, that's too complicated. At least that's how my dad was about stuff. He was right. like, ah, it's too complicated. I don't wanna think about that. I don't wanna go there. That's too much. I don't wanna, I don't wanna extend the effort. And if it's not something that, that if it wasn't something that he could understand quickly, or if it wasn't something that he found any sort of like really interesting, if he didn't feel like he was gonna benefit from knowing that information, he checked out, he didn't care. 
Right. Because it didn't matter to him. And so, yeah, I think there's just some like apathy with folks. I also think that there's, because there is so much more public conversation about trans identity and LGBTQ plus, I think that people are, I don't know, getting the wrong, like they're, instead of taking the time to investigate where, where and why they feel uncomfortable, Mm-hmm. around gender identity, they will project um, their insecurities and just be like, this is too much. I'm hearing too much about this. You see those TikTok videos of those like Karens that are just like, I'm fucking <laughs> sick of this. I'm fucking sick of hearing this. I'm sick of hearing you talking about how gay you are and you know, whatever. Um, mm. uh, and I think it's just people are unwilling to sit with their discomfort. Much, I mean, like the biggest example of that is anti-racist work and the great wide awakening Mm -hmm. that happened uh, this last year and watching people really investigate within themselves. And there's some people who are unwilling to do that work to investigate within themselves, places where they hold stereotypes and things that are outdated. We need to move past these things and we need to work together to end systemic racism in the same way we need to work together to better understand what gender identity is and to go past the binary as we've known it. Yeah, absolutely. It's so hard to get people to look past their norms and just be like, just think about this for a moment and try to, you know, it doesn't, it, you, sometimes you don't see it reflected in yourself and that's okay. What we're trying to point out is that we don't see it reflected in society and it should be that way. Like you see norms in society in the way that we want to see norms in society. Exactly. Yeah. It's getting Um, people to actually take the time to listen. Yeah. Which I've been really lucky and it's been a really cool experience on a smaller scale with my fans on Instagram in particular, who have been following me. Some of them have been friends of mine for a long time. Some of them have just been following me for a long time and have watched me come out, you know, as mm-hmm. queer and then come out as trans and then get on tea and, and then start working on this music project. And uh, a lot of them have messaged me and said things like, hey, you know, I'm straight and cis, but you have taught me a lot about trans identity and you've taught me a lot about, you know, what it means to be trans and what that experience is like. And I just really appreciate that because I feel like it's making me, you know, a better ally. It's making me somebody that can pay more attention. And I think mm-hmm. what I kind of come down to a lot of the time is that it's those personal relationships, you know, it's like my family uh, is very, you know, Christian Southern conservative. Um, mm-hmm. And my brother uh, came from that, you know, the same household that I did. Um, and he has been able to accept me and work through some things with me and has been one of my biggest fans um, and one of my biggest you know, cheerleaders, I guess. Uh, whereas, you know, not that he would be someone that would be, you know, ugly to anyone else or a trans person or anything like that. Just mm-hmm. somebody who is participating in transphobia that like, you know, you don't recognize that you're doing you know what I mean I think people right. transphobia is just kind of baked in similarly to systemic racism and ableism and you know fat phobia and all these things it's just kind of baked into the way that our society has been operating and unless you have somebody nearby you to be pointing out like you know that I always think of that picture with Pam where it's like point the differences like there are <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like here's the deal like you're not seeing the way that this is like you don't think that there's differences in our experiences you think that we're experiencing things the same we're not we're not experiencing life the same as you. We're not experiencing medical right. systems 
the same way that you are when not experiencing these things. Um, and especially if you're a queer trans person of color, you're, you're, you know, doubly having these, you know, intersectionality that is, you know, traumatic, difficult, especially mm-hmm. yeah. microaggressions that are happening all the time. And I mentioned to y'all before we came on here that I've just been dealing with some more transphobia and things like that when people reach out to you. And it can seem, you know, for somebody who isn't trans, it can seem, you know, you know, dramatic or, you know, whatever they want to put these like negative terms. Stop stop drawing attention to yourself. You don't need more attention. Yeah, exactly. Right. Which that's so strange because that's (laughs) that like that I have been, that my family has used against me and told me, so I wasn't invited to my family reunion, which they had in 2020 in Florida. Oh my God. I was like, y'all, are you trying to die and kill everyone with you? Like what the fuck? It's like a fucking are we all going down there and drinking kool-aid and just like calling it a day like what <laughs> so but they like but i wasn't invited so part of me was like thanks for you know the fucking uh avoiding covid i appreciated that but i was you know obviously upset you know i was like what the deal what, mm-hmm. what the fuck? um in my uh i was told that one of the reasons that i wasn't invited uh was because my trans identity would draw too much attention and then i would take attention away because it was actually a wedding that was happening one of my cousins was getting married and they were like you're going to take attention away from the bride and ruin her day what like i fucking hate when people say that first off i don't want to my family is kind of the same way i don't want to fucking go to your bullshit because i don't like half of them but also (laughs) i'm not going to take away from anything if if i'm taking away that's y'all's problem because i happen to be the Nicki minaj of the room that's everyone else's business. Like, I'm like, sorry that you don't sparkle. Exactly. Right. If exactly. you're so bothered by me existing, leave me alone. One, leave me alone. You, you know, yeah. but also don't call me later, like a month later, be like, well, you missed it. We wish you'd have been there. Fuck you. No, you don't. Right. No. Yeah. And that's, I think, the thing that's like frustrating is just this, like, oh, we're going to try to, you know, and I don't know whether it's just like, southern mentality whatever i really hate the like southern kind of you know white family trope of like oh well like well you know they went off and they they moved across to the west coast and yeah i don't know what they think they better than us yeah they do and and we don't really know what you know what they're doing out there and and you know we just pray for them you know we're just gonna keep praying oh, boy. they'll come back that they'll come back to the Lord. And I mean, and I've had family members of mine pray over me and tell me that I need to oh, Lord. Lord and yeah, no. for sure. So I have a, I definitely have a chip on my shoulder around, uh, re- religion. Um, and mm-hmm. I definitely, uh, do not have any sort of, uh, organized religious faith of any kind. Um, but it, yeah, it's just, it's, it's really, <laughs> it's really frustrating and it's really specifically difficult. I think, uh, when you are a Southern queer kid there's a there's a really specific difficulty to being both southern and queer growing up in that culture that's so 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 stuck in it's it's so it's so strange to see a different part of the country and you know everyone's progressive or not not necessarily progressive but everyone is a little more accepting it seems like and then you go home and your family the people that you're supposed to Feel the most comfortable with are like they like when I go to my family's house, mm-hmm. I feel like they are they don't know what to say to me because they're so afraid of me. It's kind of a fear thing for them more mm-hmm. than it is like a 
we we still know that you're the same person you've always been, but they don't they don't have any interaction with a queer person at all other than me. And so they don't know how to act, but also they're still saying shitty jokes and like racist mm-hmm. comments. And it's like, my life is not that. I have nothing to do with them. Yeah. So I'll say hi, but you know, ever since I was a gay kid growing up here, I've heard nothing but horrible things. Yeah. Why would I want to spend time with you? Look, truth. I, yeah, I'm, I'm the exact same way. I'm like, I'm like, did you read mm-hmm. the email that I just sent to my mom? <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's very, yeah, it's very true. And it's, it's sad to me in a lot of ways because I'm, I'm looking at my family and I'm like, how can you be afraid of your own child? Yeah. Mm. How can you be afraid of me when you've, when you've known me and this should be, or could be, let's put it that way. This could be an opportunity for you to, in some humility, realize, hey, maybe I wasn't paying close enough attention to my kid. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah. maybe this this reaction that I'm having where I am in a state of shock has absolutely nothing to do with my child trying to be rebellious, trying to get attention, trying to yeah. steal the spotlight. Maybe it has everything to do with the fact that I have been so uh involved in their life in a way that has been trying to push them towards the goals and the ideas of them that I want them to be, that I have not taken the time to actually ask them who they are. Absolutely. I, um, I have to say, I have to give it up to my mother. My mother was the first person, like when I came out, my mom goes, what the fuck is new? And my, she was always the most, (laughs) oh, she definitely knew she's always been the most encouraging. And she's even said to me like, well, if your cousin so-and-so from so-and-so wanted wanted to say hi, but we're afraid. She was like, I don't give a fuck about them. You shouldn't either. So I have to say, it's always nice to have that one parent, but the other side is complete same as yours. Just like, what the the fuck? I've got, I've got some like extended family that have been uh, really supportive, which is nice um, and have made an attempt to like reach out to me. That's but good. also, it's also difficult because one of my family members is like barring me from those family, those other family members. So they don't even like, they don't even know like what's they don't, where you know I live what I, or not. I, right. And of course, and they don't need to know, you know, no, that's the best part. Don't. I always try to tell myself whenever I get a little butt hurt, because why wouldn't you get butt hurt about it a little bit? I always just say, I have the coolest fucking life and I've done more cool things than these people have ever done. Exactly. You know, they may, they may be successful in their own ways doing whatever they're doing. I get to meet famous people. I get to perform. I get to have people like to give me money just to lip sync somebody else's song. Like I get to do the coolest shit. Why are y'all so butthurt? Is it jealousy or is it, you just don't understand because you're afraid. I mean, I think it's a, it's, I think it's a layer cake of bullshit. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. Um, uh, yeah. That being said, I had a really great experience um, on my uh, music video set. You'll see. So I spoiled the whole thing about, um, uh, about the car or whatever. They're not being, <laughs> like, I'm very upset about this. <laughs> I'm, very, I'm sorry, but there will, there still is fire and there still is a fire. Oh, good. And I'm okay. not going to tell you what happens because it's like the big uh, reveal at the end of the music video. But um, at the end, there's a part where I am screaming um, and you'll see that part. And when I went to go shoot the music video, I knew we were going to do this really emotional scene where I was going to have to scream. And I had, we were standing out in the middle of this field. We had been there for hours 
um, in the rain, in the Pacific Northwest, like in the Portland oh. woods, you know, whatever, just out there it was cold. Uh, it was March and we, uh, and we're in front of this bonfire. Yes. But I was like soaked to the bone and wet and whatever. And so I'm like talking to all my friends, all the extras are standing outside. Everybody's got umbrellas around me. And I was like, all right, guys, I got to get into the mindset. Cause I got to, you know, tap into this emotion and here all my queer and trans friends are like, babe, like all the times your parents didn't love you all like, didn't make you feel loved Ooh. all the times that you like felt like shit, wasn't gonna, you know, mm-hmm. you know, how work out for you, all of the pain and all of the, the anguish that you've held, not being seen as yourself, like let it the fuck out. And I screamed and it was so emotional, so profound. And in that moment, I just remember like I finished the director called cut. I turned around from the camera and immediately my friend, Joseph, who is one of the extras um, and also is in a band called Orcus, which is fantastic. Um, she grabbed me and held me. And then all of my other queer and trans friends who were the, the cast and crew all came around me and hugged me in that moment and held me while I cried and sobbed Aww. out years of, of pain around mm. being not seen for who I was. And in that moment, getting to be seen not only as you know a musician making a music video, but also as myself, as Uriel, people there mm-hmm. respecting my trans identity um, and celebrating it even more than that. Um, it was the first time that I really felt unconditional love. Like it was the first time that I really felt like supported by a family. Like, and I didn't Mm -hmm. realize Mm -hmm. that because of the brokenness in my own childhood that Mm -hmm. I just hadn't ever really experienced feeling held like that. And it was so good for me, but also so, so it, it, it jarred some stuff loose. It healed some things. It jarred mm-hmm. some stuff loose. You know, we're working through it. It's all good, um, but, it, but it's been really, it's just been really great. So that being said about uh, the Portland community and, and how folks have come around me, I've been very, very lucky. And I don't know what I would do uh, without these folks that came along, which I highlighted all of them on my Instagram. So y'all should go and look at the- awesome. Oh yeah, definitely. Their local music, like I said, local musicians, artists, photographers, and things like that. They all have their own careers in their own right. And just like came out for the day to do this music video with me. So I was I very love that. amazing. We're very excited to see yeah. it. I cannot wait. Um, I want to shift the conversation to yeah. um, positives. Uh, not, not, not- Wow, Mike. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I want to focus on your, your career. Yeah, let's do you know that. what I'm trying to say? Yes. Um, I want to know where did the name Freak Daddy come from? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, this is okay. Ooh. So this is the deal. Uh, back in the summer of 2018, I believe it was, I came out as non-binary. At that point, I was not doing music. Um, I had taken a break from music and I was working on a BDSM jewelry line at the time. I was doing mm. like things like that and and was starting to kind of go through that. But um, I was at my brother's in La Jolla, California. And I remember it was like 4 a.m. And I was like, you know what, fuck this. Like I'm telling people that I'm non-binary and I'm changing, you know, my handle and I'm changing my name. And and so I did that process at that point. And Mm -hmm. I found, uh, so the whole like freak daddy thing, um, (laughs) I, uh, uh, and then I ended up, you know, I've, I've like ended up coming out and changing my name through that whole process and Top Freak Daddy had stayed along the way. But Freak Daddy actually comes from the end of a porn credit. Oh, oh really? So, yes. Oh, 
Yeah, I watched it all the way to the end. Um, and uh, <laughs> that, it had to have been good. Was it? I'm not a quitter. <laughs> Listen, you know. Wow. And so, uh, yeah, so it gets to the end, and there's this graphic, and then it says like "Get Master," and then in, underneath it, it says "The Original Top Freak Daddy." And I was like, "Yo, this is the original Top Freak Daddy," but I also feel like a Top Freak Daddy. I actually I love emailed, that. I, they, and they had their email at the end of it, so I emailed them, uh, and I was like, "Hey." Uh, I'm very inspired by this. I would love to use it. Do you have any issues with that? Whatever. They're like, nah, I don't care. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Um, so yeah, so I changed my handle and then, uh, yeah, so I was operating as, you know, top freak daddy. And that was just my, my Instagram handle as I was releasing this BDSM jewelry line. Uh, and then I was working with a producer named Cole Johnson who produced bitch, who also produced confetti. Uh, oh, and- I love that fucking song. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cole is an incredible, incredible producer and musician in his own right. And also has just really helped to elevate my sound and elevate my own production to the level where I want it to be. And he's a very, very talented guy. Uh, But he, he's also just a very like mystical person. Uh, And so I'm like walking down uh, just time, you know, like one of those people where just like time, just like, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? He's just, he's just vibing. Uh, And so (laughs) You know, like, it, uh, I don't know. Like Casanova was, comes to mind. Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, was working at this club at the time, this like uh, Miami style club in Nashville as a cocktail VIP cocktail waitress. I'm pretty sure I was like serving the cast of The Bachelor or something upstairs. Where? <laughs> I, well, you don't have to tell us, but we could talk about it later. Yeah, I come down uh, to that, like, I to go like replenish some champagne or some shit. And Cole just so happened to be at the club that night was outside and pulled me over to the side and he was like, Hey, he was like, what are you like, what are you going to go by for your, like for this artist project? Right. Because we had just started working on confetti. I had told him that I wanted to get back into music and, you know, we were about to finish that track and release it. He's like, what are you going to release it under? And I was like, I don't know. And I threw out some ideas. He was like, nah, he's like freak daddy. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, dude. I was like, all right, man. Like, yeah, I guess that's fucking sick. But like, I don't know, like, he was like, listen, if I saw like some other name, like on a billboard, like I would be like the fuck, I don't care about that. If I saw freak daddy on a fucking billboard, he was like, mm-hmm. I would want to go to that mm-hmm. fucking show. And I was like, you know what, from a marketing standpoint, and also just, it was already my vibe. You know, I was already people were already calling me freak daddy. That was already kind of a thing that was happening. And so I was just like, all right, cool. I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to just step into this. And it's been wild to watch. Like what I feel like he did was kind of see me through my own kind of like veils where I couldn't even really see myself in a lot of ways. You know, that's why right. I'm kind of a mystical person. I feel like he just looked at me and was like, nah, like this is the kind of vision future I see for you, which is very true. And it's worked out well. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's so I, it's so memorable. It really is. What if he would have said something like, I want you to release it under the name like Carol? <laughs> Just like something so basic, so ridiculous. Yeah. I would have been like, no. Well, I was the one, I was the one offering basic ideas. He was like, right. looking basic. I was like, no, you're right. I think but. I'm gonna change my drag name to just like Carol. Just Honestly, Carol. That's a that's a move. Though. Carol. Like in a world just, of yeah all the puns just to be like I'm Carol. oh girl I know my fucking name is a pun and like I get it 
like it's just all the time <laughs> i'm always shocked and surprised by them i'm always like bamboozled by the puns oh. i'm like oh you got me that's a good there's one. there's a couple times i've been like where the fuck did you come up with that um i saw there's a newer queen their name is piper towel yeah piper towel yeah that's hilarious yeah i love piper towel <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Well, one of the uh, one of the drag people in my or drag things in my uh, uh, music video is named uh, Chatty Catheter. Oh, I love that. Love that. I love that. They are an incredible drag performer. They ended up like I met them and uh, immediately was like, I want you to be (laughs) the like ringleader of this video. So they have a, they have a few like cameo moments. One of my favorites was like this accident. They're like a getaway driver at one point. And (laughs) it was, it was just so great. Uh, They like flip their glasses down on their face. You'll see it. It's, it's, it's great. They've got such great stage presence so great on camera so much i cannot wait for this music video i'm Um, so excited how would you describe your music to people who don't know or not heard it sure um well i like to describe it as tranny goth fuck music (laughs) (laughs) fuck yes that's That's exactly what it is i'm into it really uh easy to to put into like that's not really a box you can usually check on spotify um it's (laughs) (laughs) um it's electronica um and i am moving more into i would say it's like goth electro it's definitely influenced by uh you know like bands like lincoln park and shit like that so there's like rock and roll elements sometimes but it's also Mm -hmm. very Mm -hmm. influenced by hip-hop as well i grew up listening to southern rap and three six mafia and um you know uh i was gonna say i was gonna say today when i was listening to um i got a vibe of like like a radiohead depeche mode uh strokes deftones all in like kind of the same thing wow i mean those are people that i have listened to so it's not let me tell you you want to talk music let's go uh (laughs) thank you who would you say are your inspirations then going down that road well i mean i would say probably my biggest inspiration uh recently or like bands that i'm just like wow i really fuck with you and would love to uh play with you is i uh ice peak some people call it ic or ice c3 peak or whatever um but i call it ice peak um they're a band out of russia uh that i fuck with very hard i think they are so sick um definitely recommend you checking them out it's kind of like hyper pop goth hip-hop it's it's basically it's the same kind of stuff that i'm trying to do although i think i'm okay they're a little bit more uh, abstract. I'm a little bit more pop oriented. I have more mm-hmm. of a pop sensibility just because of my history in the music industry. I've been making pop music since I was 15. So it's a, it's a hard habit to break. Um, but yeah, so I would say probably them. And then Sophie was a huge uh, <gasps> Sophie. She was oh. such a huge inspiration to me. And I was devastated when we lost her last year. Yes. Um, and yeah, so it's just, uh, or this year rather. Um, but what I, year is it? I don't even know. Where, are we? Where am I? What planet am I on? Um, beam me up, please. Take me back. Right. I'm ready, God. <laughs> Take me. <laughs> Wherever the tranny queer planet is, where all of yes. us beam down. I'm like, I'm like, we don't belong. This isn't our planet. Where is it? Um, it's probably Uranus. Um, so oh, definitely. I yeah. So yeah, I would say Sophie uh, was a huge, huge inspiration. I think hearing Sophie, what she did for me was open up opportunities that I knew were there, but I didn't know 
how to say them. She like gave me, she taught me the language really. Mm-hmm. Sophie mm-hmm. taught me the language of hyper pop and industrial kind of goth abstract, um, just really kind of like sound bathing and, and letting people just be totally engrossed with these really loud, like bombastic samples and just being like a melody who fucking needs it. I'm just going to edit the right. fuck out of my voice and create something that just feels good from start to finish, even though it's total chaos, you know, half the time. Uh, and kind of- and- yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say, and that's what really, I think, inspired me to go, okay, okay, okay. Now you've shown me how far the envelope can be pushed. And I know that it can be pushed even farther. So now it's inspiring me to push myself. Um, and she, like I said, she has been, uh, and will always be a huge inspiration for me and my work. It's, it's kind of amazing how Sophie, uh, was just creating random stuff and now it's so influential in everyday pop music that you hear, like even on the radio. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She, I mean, she's, she's iconic. She's incredible. Yes, she absolutely. Incredible gift to the music industry and to the trans community and queer community. And I'm just very sad that we lost her in my opinion too soon. Absolutely. I totally agree. Happened, I 100% I agree with that. She was still with us um, because I would have loved to, I was hoping someday to play a show with her. But now I just like, I really, I've had some really wonderful moments in my, in my own spiritual practice where I've just gotten to kind of like, just kind of breathe in and just be thankful uh, for, for Sophie's energy, you know what I mean? And just mm-hmm. be like, man, you know, just kind of connecting into spirit and connecting with that has also been really um really interesting and fun for me to kind of explore as I've been pursuing these new tracks for my new record uh, that mm-hmm. I'm working on. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked to put out these songs on my new record. They're definitely, they're, they're bops. We got some bops. I love Good. Love bops. bops. I'm really excited to have more work out because I've had confetti's been rolling since 2019. So like mm-hmm. that to me, like, I love when people are like, I fuck with confetti. I'm like, cool. I'm really, I'm really like, I bet I'm, you're so exhausted of doing it. Well, yeah, I like at this point, like, you know, 2020 was like a lost year, but like, you know, I really am just excited to have more. It's mostly that I, that I don't feel like I have been able to show what I can do. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So Absolutely. it's like confetti was the first track. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's not the best I can do. Let's there's, mm-hmm. there's, I can do better than that. So just like, that's, that's great. But like, w- listen to this next thing that I'm going, you know, invest in me so I can make this record. You know what I mean? That's what I'm yeah. just, <laughs> and stuff. I'm like, just give me your money and I will make something cool. I promise it will be <laughs> right. cool. I your money, I'm on the title line, everything will be cool. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. And I'm actually going to be releasing this uh, with a label who signed on with me to help me release this single. Um, awesome. Negative Gain. And they've been great helping me trying to get, man, get this out as an independent artist. It's just really, <laughs> it's difficult. hard. I got very lucky that they were willing to come along and, uh, and help me, uh, push this out. So we'll see, uh, we'll see how far we get. We were trying to, trying to get some publications to premiere it. And so we'll see what ends up happening here. At the end yeah. Um, so as, as we kind of approach our, I can't believe we've almost I, have a, I have a silly question to ask. Oh, okay. Before. Um, <laughs> Well, so, wait, I have a career question and then we can do okay. it. Okay. Um, I was just going to say, um, kind of, this was kind of recapping. What do you want over the next year or so? Like, what is, what is the growth of Freak Daddy for the future then? Oh, man. Um, well, I really want to put this single out. And I really <laughs> out first. Like, literally, that's all I can think about because that's what I've been doing. Right. 
like mm-hmm. six months. So I really want to get this out into the world. Um, and once that is out and people can see it, I really think um, this video is good. This video is very good. And I'm excited mm-hmm. for people to see it because it's such a graduation from my last music video. And a lot, and it's a lot better. It is a better representation of what I am able to do. When I was saying like, I want to be able to show what I'm able to do. This was the best that I could do paying for everything, using money that I made as a sex worker, paid everything out of pocket myself, hired everybody myself, organized everything myself, and then had this incredible group of creative team who pulled all of their resources together and they worked really hard with me to make this vision come true. So excited to have that out in the world and to have people see that and to see the potential of the future of it. Um, And then, yeah, I've got a record coming out um, in the fall is what I'm shooting for. And I would love to tour. I would love to tour through. Um, I would love to tour at the end of the year, going into next year. Um, I've been debating, depending on how everything goes, um, I may go to Berlin next year to try to write another record out there. Um, I've been really wanting to go be in Eastern Europe and go to Germany and experience what it's like to be in Mm -hmm. that, that music scene, because I think that it would really bring out some cool shit in my own artist work in my own production. So, so yeah, um, I would love to be, you know, more well-known. I would love for people to, to know who Freak Daddy is. I would love for, to be, you know, one of the first trans masculine musicians on T who is a pop musician, because we don't yeah. have that, you know, mm-hmm. we don't, we don't have that. So I'm like, to my knowledge, you know, um, we've got some non-binary folks, we've got Competris, we've got, you know, Sophie, we have some other, you know, trans women who have been able to kind of bridge in non-binary folks who have been able to kind of bridge those, um, those barriers or bust through those barriers. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like I want to be a fucking, you know, trans dude, fucking heartthrob up here singing these fucking pop songs. <laughs> yeah. I want you fucking, I would love like, that. I want you feeling all your feelings. Like we're gonna, like I am that like emo soft boy that's crying in the corner. That's like, I'm, <laughs> I wrote you a poem because I think you're really hot. Like, but that's, but I'm like, oh sincere. God, like, yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm so it's like, yeah, it's just it's I I have very emotional songs uh, and very sexy songs. That's why I call it training off fuck music because it's definitely the I've played some of the tracks for my friends and they're like, damn, you are gonna be responsible for. <laughs> For a lot of banging. I was like, listen, I was like, you're welcome. Uh, and you so, know what? Isn't that what life's really about? Being responsible I, for people fucking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do it every day in my, in my day job. That's why it was like, I work for, you know, you know, multiple hours. I'm, I'm usually live on cam doing my cam modeling for like five hours straight. So when it comes to like, oh and I've been doing that, uh, at, at, at the at a minimum three days a week for the last year and a half and it's been a really good opportunity for me to be unafraid to be interviewed and to talk for long periods of time yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? if you have to when you have to entertain people and not only entertain them but also make them come that's like a that's mm. a very special skill that yeah. you have to like get into somebody's brain and go hey what's up you clicked on my room and now you're gonna stay here you're gonna give me your money and you're gonna have an orgasm Right. That is, I mean, like you want to talk about, talk about selling something like that's it's, 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 you know, sex workers deserve a lot of respect. Oh uh, yes. They yeah. have, I feel like sex work is the hardest job on the planet. Like no pun intended, but like, <laughs> I mean, I give it up to sex workers. I just think they're great. I love them. Yeah. I applaud what they do. Cause you know what I can't do? 
entertain someone and make them come at the same time. Just, it's not going to happen. As yeah. far as you know. Oh, well, I've had plenty of dates that would prove my point. <laughs> Fair enough. What was your crazy uh, question that you had? I have a silly question for you. Okay. Uh, just, just because we were talking about your influences and what kind of music you really inspire you. And I want to know what is something, what is a song or a genre of music that people would be surprised that you listen to? Um, oh God, what would they be surprised that I listen to? Um, dubstep. Really? Yep. Okay. I'm not yep. mad about that. And like I'm not, it. I'm not a, uh, let's put it this, it's, it's a weird love hate relationship because mm -hmm. I really don't like dubstep. Um, <laughs> and yet I still listen. I think for me, here's the deal. When I see like crowds of thousands of people gathered mm -hmm. to listen to one genre of music, I'm like, hmm, maybe I'll pay attention to this. Like, maybe I'll see what, what, like what's happening over here. You know what I mean? Like, what is so good about this that you are willing to pack out a stadium to listen to DJs behind a DJ booth doing this for hours? Right, yeah. And so I think for me, it's just kind of exploring that because in a lot of ways, I would love to, to be a part of a show that big. I would really love to be in a space where there was a good enough sound system for my music to actually sound good. That's a dream of mine I have to eventually have a stadium at some point that's actually like bumping my shit because it's it's frustrating whenever you play a show and you're like a smaller artist and you're opening up for people. There's always like even in out loud, it's like I didn't get a chance to to sound check because it just is what it is. Like you just run out of time, you know, whatever. And because I'm not a headliner, I don't get priority. So once I went out there on stage, right, I grab my microphone and I start singing and I hear my vocal is so hot and that track is low as shit. And I just have to be like, hey, turn my track up, right. turn it up again. Like, you know what? And it kills the fucking vibe. You know, it's like, man, oh, totally. be treated with respect and be treated with, and like, I'm just tired. I'm just tired of like, you know, opening for folks and having to be that way. But it is, you know, you just have to pay your dues. You have to do, you have to do that dirty work and, and, you know, and, suffer through those things so that hopefully you get to the point where you have that big stage. But yeah, dubstep is one that I listen to mostly because there, there is something so people get so gratified by those drops that my question, I guess, to myself is just like, how can I do this in a way that is like satisfying, but also cool to me? You know what I mean? Like is in, right. in a way that like, what, what parts of dubstep kind of sensibility can I bring into what I'm doing? Uh, in a unique way and kind of like, it, and I look at it like anything else, like making a stew, you know what I mean? It's like, well, I've got a little bit of my influence from, you know, hip hop is over here. And then you've got, you know, dubstep over here and electronica, mm -hmm. like, you know, classic, like Daft Punk is over here. And like you said, Radiohead and, you know, a lot of these indie musicians, I used to listen to a lot of indie music too, when it comes to like lyric writing and those kinds of, so it's, it's a, it's a, it's a mixture of things that I'm really proud of having a sound now, which I'm excited to kind of like develop more uh, over the years, but I'm starting to find myself uh, in a production standpoint, and I'm feeling much more confident in my ability to take the genres that I've been inspired by and create something new. I love that. I love it. What a wonderful answer. That's a yeah, that's a great answer. I love that. And dubstep never would have thought dubstep. Right. <laughs> I was following me. <laughs> I was expecting like you know what I love, Rockstar by Hannah Montana. That's what I was expecting. <laughs> 
I've been too jaded by the like by the Disney because when right. I was 15 I, I had a development deal and they were trying to turn me into like a teeny bopper a little uh you know you know I don't know pop starlet and so I just remember walking in and I was like so emo I was like into evanescence which was like the darkest oh, thing fuck I yes I love evanescence you know like I was like the, a Christian kid who had no access to any sort of like really good music so really all I had was like you know pod and I snuck an afi record in there once and like I would sneak like three six mafia behind my mom's back and listen to it in the car and my brother would like bring me like mixtapes and stuff from his like bonfires that he would go to because that's what you do in the south let's go to those um you go to a bonfire listen to a mixtape um <laughs> but yeah it's my bird cd <laughs> for real no i remember my brother used to have them all the time he's like this is mix number one he used to like dj at his parties and and be the one that would like bring uh songs so he did he did a lot in introducing me to a lot of music that our mom would not have wanted us to listen to but yeah <laughs> it's uh it's been really good to to kind of uh, go back to some of that and listen to some of that and think mm -hmm. about, think about really truly what has been inspiring me to get to this point. Um, and yeah, it's just exciting to see what's going to happen next. So, yeah. I love it. Thanks. Yeah. Well, you know what? We have run out of time. We have, we yeah. have, this has been a, we've, um, we've hit the time thank wall you for being here. I mean, like I yeah, could listen you to so you much. talk all day. Uh, <laughs> I, lo I, I love you. I just think you're fantastic. Oh, thanks. So thank you for joining us. Um, where can the kids find you? What can okay. we, how can so, we support you? Anyone of any age, kids or otherwise, uh, <laughs> can find me on the, on the World Wide Web um, at freakdaddyworld.com. So go to freakdaddyworld.com. You can also find me on Instagram at topfreakdaddy. I'm on Twitter, freakdaddygod. And... <laughs> I think if you go to freakdaddyworld.com, you can see, uh, you can, there's links to everything there. Um, my music included, uh, you can find me on Spotify, just search freak daddy. It is two words. Uh, and, oh, I have an only fans too. So, you know, oh, hell yeah. I see anyone, we're going to plug that one first. <laughs> you no, know, you just come on down at $6 and 66 cents a month. So okay. come on deal. down, uh, <laughs> it's quite a feel. You get to see, you know, all kinds of things. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. I, I realized that I was like, I haven't, I hadn't really been, my sex work identity is something that I keep pretty separate from uh, my freak daddy identity because my sex work identity is still high femme, which is a whole other conversation we can have for another day. <laughs> but, we yeah. need to do a part two. <laughs> I, I would love to, I'd love to That'd come back. Feel free to find me in all of those places. And then my uh, YouTube channel is where I'm going to be dropping the music video on Friday. If you want to check out my new video for my song. Absolutely. It's That's featuring... on the 25th, correct? That's on yeah, the 25th. Friday. Uh, and it's featuring a rapper, a local Nashville rapper named Daisha McBride. And oh, she's awesome. fantastic. And you should absolutely go follow her and follow her stuff because she's super talented. I saw her perform in Nashville uh, a couple of years back and just looked at her and was like, I want you to rap on one of my songs. I don't know which one yet. <laughs> and then, and then bitch came along and I was like, would you hop on this? And she agreed. And it was, yeah, all she wrote. It's fantastic. That's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Tracy, where can they find you? They can find me at Tracy Otomy on all the things. T-R-A-C-E-Y-O-T-T-O-M-E-Y. Mike, where can we find you? At Mr. Mike Gill on all the things. And don't forget to follow the podcast at Gay Space Pod on Instagram, at The Gay Space Pod on Twitter. And um, we actually have a YouTube channel coming soon. Yes, we do. Um, <laughs> just the, for now, it's just going to be our episodes, but... We'll start uploading videos soon. 
We won't be naked, but we will be on YouTube. Oh, that's too bad. It might be. be. (laughs) You'll have to tune in to find out. (laughs) Two best friends. They might kiss. Yeah. So thank you again, Freak Daddy. This was so fun. Yes. Um, So good to get to know you. Um, I'm excited for the music video on Friday. I'm excited for the song. I'm Mm -hmm. excited for people to know more about you. Yes. Um, And yeah. I think that's it. Thank you again. Well, thank and you so much. Thank you, thank everyone, you. for listening. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Bye. 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 Bye.